Priority Talk. We welcome you into a brand new hour, Priority Talk Radio here on Truth 101 WXJC. It's your friend Greg Davis here with you and uh, glad to do so. Uh, we've got a full hour ahead of us and we hope you'll stay with us as long as you possibly can right here on 101.1 FM, AM 850. And of course, uh, listen online, WXJCRadio.com and the free WXJC Radio app on your mobile device. And then also PriorityTalkRadio.com. You can stream live there as well. And you can always go back and listen at a later time, catch up or share. You can do that through our podcast. It's on all the major platforms. Just search Priority Talk, or you can find it off our website as well, of course. All righty. Glad to be with you here. Uh, Just me tonight. uh, No Nate. I uh, have just flown in here to to get on the air as I have been uh, super, super on the run and busy today uh, in Montgomery. And so I am broadcasting remotely from Montgomery, as I'll be doing now for uh, the next couple of months, uh, several days a week. And so we are here in Montgomery, and I have been at the Alabama State House uh, all day long. Uh, I just caught a glimpse of an interview that I did today for uh, out of Birmingham, the NBC uh, affiliate in Birmingham, WVTM. Uh, if any of you were just happened to be watching, I don't know if it'll run later or not, but I did an interview today with NBC, and it may air in other uh, markets as well. I'm not sure. Huntsville, possibly the NBC affiliate could pick that up uh, about uh, the gambling uh, issue here in the state of Alabama. Of course, uh, something we've been talking about for a long time, and we have uh, tried to gather the best information we could uh, to tell you uh, what uh, what was uh, coming. But to some extent, we were, uh, you know, it was all sort of uh, you know, we think this is what may happen, and uh, now I think we have a much better idea because today the, uh, uh, the, uh, the members of the House of Representatives and, and a senator who uh, are uh, bringing this legislation had a press conference today at the State House at 2 p.m., and uh, just because I happened to be in the State House, I attended that press conference, and so you'll see clips of it on the news tonight. I was in the room and uh, got to hear firsthand for myself uh, the lay. Of, uh, of, of the legislation that is to come that honestly really could change the face of the state of Alabama if, uh, if passed through the legislature and approved by the people of Alabama. Uh, so I've got uh, real hard facts in front of me today uh, that was handed to me by the uh, legislators. I, I have not the bills. Uh, there's two bills, and they're about 150 pages. And I saw them printed out. They were pretty thick. I have not done that yet. I have not read the bills specifically but I do have the overview of what uh, what they're doing as they gave us those on two kind of one-sheeters, uh, you know, with all of the, uh, you know, pictures and uh, graphics and stats and and, uh, and the overview of the bill. So uh, the bill today was uh, presented by uh, State Representative Andy Witt, uh, also State Representative Chris Blackshear. Uh, I know both those men um, and enjoy their company. Uh, also, uh, Representative Sam Jones uh, was part of that, uh, representing the Democrat caucus, and then Senator Greg Albritton as well. And uh, so they, uh, they did make a presentation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what's in it, okay? People have been wondering, hey, what is this? What's going to happen? You've heard me talk about it a lot, but today I can talk in much firmer, uh, much more firm um, you know, confidence of what we're looking at 
Uh, and I do believe this legislation will be uh, filed, if not tonight, tomorrow. I believe it will be in committee first part of next week and then be to the floor of the House of Representatives probably next Wednesday or Thursday, probably, probably Thursday. Uh, but it could be Wednesday or Thursday, just depends. We don't know yet. Uh, so it is a, it's on a fast track. No one's denying that. And uh, it's 150 pages. The legislators just got the bill today. I'm just going to tell you, they got it today at 2 o'clock. They're in session again tomorrow. Got a full day. Then most of all, of all of them will go home. And I guess they'll have the weekend to read and study this bill. And then uh, really there's no other bills being dealt with in the House of Representatives right now but this bill. It's the only one. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any other committee meetings. That's what I've heard. Uh, no other bills are going to move, be processed. They are clearing the calendar to only deal with this one issue. Everything else seems to be on hold to deal with this one issue of gambling in the state of Alabama. So I'm going to tell you uh, what we heard today and uh, what was in the bill. Uh, the interview I did for, uh, for NBC was done before the press conference. And so, um, uh, but, but I think it's fine. I, I, was, I caught it just before I came on air. It was the top story on NBC uh, at the 5 o'clock news. And so I think it turned out fine. Uh, the reporter did a great job. She actually called me back to clarify if some things I had said were still true now that the bill had been released. We didn't even know there was going to be a press conference uh, when I talked with her. Uh, also today, though, let me, let me also say, because you're going to hear more of this later in the hour, uh, also today we had the, uh, the annual prayer rally on the front steps of the Alabama State House. You heard me talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. Well, it was today. We had a beautiful day and just had a great, uh, had a great turnout. Let me say, especially uh, legislators, we had a big turnout of our House, House of Representatives and our senators a big turnout of them. I got to say, I was, I was really, uh, really pleased with how many of them made the effort to come down and join us for about 15 or 20 minutes for prayer. Uh, it was really, really something. Uh, also Andrew Sorrell, uh, state auditor was there. We also had some other members of the judicial branch of the government that were there. And so we had a good, uh, had a good turnout and we had a good time praying. Uh, Dr. Joe Godfrey, who uh, preceded me as president of ALCAP, uh, he shared a scripture and a short word. Uh, then Pastor Mark Bethay from First Baptist Church of Montgomery led a prayer for the executive branch of the government. Those, that's those elected to statewide office, uh, like the governor and lieutenant governor and those people. Uh, then we had a prayer for the um, uh, uh, legislative branch of the government, trying to get it straight. And that was led by uh, Bishop James Lowe out of Birmingham, Guiding Light Church. And then a prayer was led by our very own Pastor Paul Brazier, who uh, you hear here on the program very frequently. He led the prayer for the judicial branch. And so we were able to record all of that today, the whole prayer. It's about 20 minutes, the whole event, from the time I say welcome to the time we finish. Uh, Josh, it was about 20 minutes. Isn't that right? Does that, does that get it timed out just pretty close almost exactly 20 minutes on the dot perfect okay so what we're going to do is when we come back from the bottom of the hour uh, so after 5 30 or after 6 30 we're going to uh, play that whole prayer rally for you now it'll pretty much take up the rest of the hour we'll we'll come back from a short break and then just close out you know when that's over so uh 
I want you to stay tuned for that. I think you'll be encouraged to know that there were so many people there on the State House steps. I haven't had an opportunity to post any pictures or do anything at this point. I hope to do that soon. Uh, but we're going to post that for you, uh, or we're going to play it for you, and then it'll also be part of our podcast as well if you want to go back and listen. So for those of you who were not able to attend, which which is most of our listeners weren't able to come to Montgomery today, of course, uh, you can also feel like you were a part of that as well. Okay, so let's just stop here until, until the bottom of the hour, and let's take a look at what this uh, legislation that is being proposed would do in Alabama. And, uh, and I'm going to lay this out, and I want some of you who listen to this and, and need your people to be in, in, uh, informed, I want you to go find this on our podcast later on and share it. Share it out with folks, because uh, I'm just going to tell you exactly. I was in the state house. I was in the room. I've got the, I've got the paperwork they handed out. Uh, I can't flesh out some of the details because it's a very detailed, you know, 150 pages. But here's the overview. Uh, the, uh, the gaming in Alabama package would establish the Alabama Gaming Commission. Uh, this is a commission that would oversee gambling in the state of Alabama. Uh, the way I see it, the way I understand it, is it would operate separately as basically its own independent, um, uh, you know, a piece of government. To, to do nothing but uh, investigate, audit, enforce uh, gambling uh, you know, laws in the state of Alabama. It would not, the way I read it, it would not operate under the attorney general. It would not operate under the governor's authority. Uh, it would be an independent uh, commission. How would the members get on the commission, you might ask? Uh, well, they're not going to be, uh, they're not going to be elected. They're going to be appointed. And they will act independent. Uh, there'll be nine members. Four of those would be appointed by the governor of the state of Alabama. Two would be appointed by the speaker of the house. And one of which of those would come from a list that would come from the minority leader in the House of Representatives. So you would always have a Republican and a Democrat be part of that. There would be two appointed by the president pro tem of the Senate. One of them would come from the minority. So you would always have a Republican and a Democrat on uh, that from the president of the Senate as well. You would have one appointment by the lieutenant governor. And then the person they hire to be the gaming commission, uh, they would hire a, an executive director. The gaming commission would hire an executive director. So someone, uh, it would be like Mr. McMillan, who runs the, uh, uh, the marijuana commission. Uh, someone will be hired and paid a nice salary to oversee a whole, basically, I mean, I don't know if this is a technically right word, but almost another branch of government, a branch of law enforcement, certainly, that would be would not un- operate under the elected attorney general or the elected governor. Uh, in fact, this totally leaves the attorney general's office out of this. The attorney general would have nothing to do with this that person that's elected to be the top law enforcement officer in the state would have no power that I see uh, to, uh, to, to to enforce gambling laws. So you would have this uh, commission that would then create a gaming enforcement division uh, that would be appointed by the gaming commission executive director. So this person that's hired by the commission uh, would then have an enforcement division. They would hire, supervise, 
uh, investigators, auditors, compliance officers, and administrative staff. And uh, they would have this uh, law enforcement um, enforcement division, gaming enforcement division, would have certified personnel and would have arresting powers. Arresting powers. So we would have a gaming commission with an enforcement division that would uh, operate independent from the governor or the attorney general that would have guns on their hips and arresting power in the state of Alabama. Um, it, it sounds like a system that is uh, ripe for corruption to me, just quite honestly. You know, the, um, and I'm sure they've tried to make improvements on it, but, you know, we've seen what the Marijuana Commission has come to. So you would then um, have legalization of all forms, really, of gambling. Uh, I think there's five different ways of gambling. There would be licensure requirements. And here's, here's officially what would happen uh, for casinos. There would, be a, there would be 10 casinos in the state of Alabama, which is exactly what I've been reporting to you for quite some time, uh, 10, including the three existing Porch Creek Indian facilities. So there's three of those and then seven more, no more than seven. Uh, there would be an open bid process for these is what's being proposed. Uh, that uh, would have a minimum bid, but no maximum bid. Here's where the casinos would be located. Macon County, Greene County, Mobile County, City of Birmingham, Houston County, Lowndes County, and then one other pending the approval of a compact by the governor to negotiate with the Porch Creek Indians and I think it's pretty well accepted and known that that would include a casino somewhere in northeast Alabama, somewhere like Jackson County or DeKalb County. I think that's pretty well a given. Um, so there would be a minimum $5 million license fee. Uh, there would be a minimum phase one investment of $35 million in, in a facility that would have to, have to begin within 12 months. And uh, they also, so, so let, me, let me back up, and then we'll go to break. Um, so if, if Greene County has a casino, someone's going to have to bid and then invest $35 million in an investment in Greene County or Macon County, phase one. Big investment. Construction would start within 12 months. I mean, you think about if you're going to invest – minimum of $40 million, phase one, just to get this going. How much money do you think is there to be had, to be made? A lot. And that is exactly why you're going to see uh, the, uh, the, the pro-gambling forces come out all over the place with marketing, text messages, television commercials, robocalls, like they're going to spend a crazy amount of money to make sure that this gets passed and passes the ballot in November because this is a big investment for them. And they want to see it passed, and they want to see much profit come from it. They stand to make a lot of money. So when you hear the let the people's vote, it's just time. We feel sorry for the people. They haven't been able to vote. Remember, these people stand to make uh, filthy money 
filthy rich kind of money off of these investments, off of the, the poor uh, and willing people of Alabama. Uh, they say that there would be local approval required uh, by county commissions and or city councils or a local referendum. Um, this is where I was told that uh, at some point that there would not be a casino put into a county or a city unless the people had a chance to vote on it. And I have said that because that's what I was told. But the way this reads, that it would only require local approval by the county commission or the city council or a local referendum. Uh, I can just assure you in some of these counties, if not most all of them, I believe the commission or the council would just give that approval and the, the people, there would not be a local referendum. Uh, maybe some will, but I would think most of them will go ahead and approve it right off the top. You're talking city of Birmingham, going to build a casino, $35 million investment. You don't think the city council is going to approve that real quick? Okay, i got to take a break, and let me come back on the other side. I wanted to get into the casinos part of this because – what you're not going to see in all the advertising that's going to be pointed at you is going to be a lot of information about casinos. It's all going to be about lottery, and it's all going to be about sports betting. Lottery mostly, then sports betting. Very rarely are you going to see any good information about the casinos because they really don't want you to know about that. They don't want, they don't want the mass of people to realize that when you vote for a lottery, you're voting for 10 casinos in the state of Alabama as well. All right, so let's take this break. I'll come back and do the best I can before we get to the bottom of the hour. Priority Talk. Did you know that you can choose life when renewing your automobile tax? Choose Life Alabama is celebrating 20 years of license plate sales in Alabama. Over those 20 years, $4.4 million has been given to pregnancy resource centers just from the sales of Choose Life Auto Tags. Each year, Alabamians pay an extra $50 for approximately 6,000 automobile license plates. The great majority of those funds go directly to local pregnancy resource centers and other pro-life causes. By placing a Choose Life tag on a vehicle, you're also encouraging people to protect the unborn who are made in God's image. In this 20th year of Choose Life Alabama, Priority Talk listeners could easily help double the number of Choose Life automobile tags purchased and therefore double the amount of funds given back to your local pregnancy resource centers. Choose Life Alabama is a low-maintenance, high-impact virtual organization with practically no overhead and no physical location. Learn how you can make sure no unborn life is lost by visiting ChooseLifeAlabama.org. Pregnancy resource centers around the state greatly depend on this annual funding from license plate renewals. Learn how you can help at ChooseLifeAlabama.org. Hey, everybody, this is Pam Tebow, and I just want to give a shout-out to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. You're the same. Okay, we're back in, and I got a I got a boogie. I got to move fast here. Uh, aside from the ten uh, casinos that would be established, along with a gaming commission and a gaming enforcement division, uh, once again, gaming enforcement division, uh, independent. My understanding is independent of the attorney general or the or the governor's office, uh, almost like its own wing of the uh, wing of the government, uh, with its own uh, appointed executive director. No one elected in any of this. No one elected. Okay, it's all appointments. And, you know, boy, appointments get, um, 
can get can get corrupt real quick. Also, we would be establishing uh, a lottery. I'll spend the least amount of time on that because I think people kind of understand. I will say uh, my understanding was that it would be a paper-only lottery, not an online lottery. Because, you know, those are pretty... Uh, those are, are are pretty addictive. Those online lotteries where you get people in for a nickel. If you if you don't want to see one, go to VA Lottery. VA is in Virginia. VALottery.com. Um, the uh, proceeds from the lottery would go to the education fund, uh, to a supplemental appropriation for education purposes, uh, where they could use it for um, outside of sort of the normal budget, for uh, for purposes that are that are needful. Okay. Uh, there would be an Alabama Lottery Corporation with seven voting members, and that uh, they would appoint an Alabama Lottery uh, president of the Alabama Lottery Corporation. So you'd have a, a statewide lottery, you'd have a paper lottery in every convenience store all over the state, you know, everywhere you go. They'd just be everywhere. It's the way it always is. If it's not that way to start with, it would be eventually. Then um, sports betting as well, uh, both uh, sports books at the casinos where you could go in person and then also online sports rate, sports gambling as well. Uh, nothing today led me to believe that that wasn't uh, the case, that it would be both. Uh, the money from the sports betting, 90% to the game, a gaming trust fund and 10% to county commissions of the state to be used for law enforcement purposes of the sheriff's department. So that's how they get the law enforcement on board. They tell them we'll give you 10% of the money. And so they'll get some new uh, they'll get some new cruisers out of it. The sheriff's department will every year, which is pretty much what happens in some of our counties now that have uh, you know uh, have some of these uh, quasi casinos. Uh, they make donations and buy cruisers and equipment for the police. And, and look, you're going to need more cruisers because you're going to have more people coming and you're going to have more crime. It's going to draw you know some people will be drawn to these areas. Uh, I don't have time to get into all of the distribution of the gaming. I, I will say, you know, some of this is decent stuff. You know, if you're going to have uh, gambling, uh, I think they have fixed some of the issues with the money that maybe were hangups in the past. Now, now that's the way it is right now. Uh, it could change. There could be amendments made to this. They could send it to the Senate. The Senate could make changes. Um, so, you know, this doesn't have to stay that way. I will say Representative Witt and I think Representative Blackshear, um, I think worked real hard to try to take out some of the things that bothered even people that are pro-gambling. I think they, they, they worked real hard and did a decent job on that, or a good job on that. And I told him, I told uh, Representative Witt that today. He had really an impossible job, and I, th I think he did the best job you could do if you're going to go along with gambling. So that's the issue. I think that's the overview of what would happen here. Look, there's not a more pressing time to contact your member of the House of, of Representatives in the state of Alabama, your House Rep, your representative. Right now, there has never been a more critical time to reach them and tell them your feelings about gambling in the state of Alabama. I can tell you, they tell me all they hear is from people who want it. I hear that over and over and over. So if you don't feel that way, you may want to get in contact with them and let them know. We'll be right back. 